Welcome back into the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast after an extended weekend for myself and Mark Schofield. Chuck Zada here. We took yesterday off because, well, it was Father's Day and we figured why not give fathers a little extra day of rest rather than, uh, you know, getting Mark, uh, putting him through the ringer and everything. So, Mark, we're back here today. It's a Tuesday and uh, we're going to be doing a little bit of draft talk both from this year as well as looking forward into 2017 since, look, we're only about four weeks away from training camp opening for uh, for college now. Yeah, it's crazy how you know it flies by. It really does. But I did need that extra day off, man, because Sunday night, man, that was just an incredible night of television, my friend. I know you don't watch Game of Thrones. But I'm getting my into word, it. I'm getting. I know, it. and I won't spoil it. But it was just incredible. Then that was that was a very epic, like, epic, I would say, Game Seven in the NBA Finals as well. So I needed that extra night of sleep. I'm up to season two on Game of Thrones, so I'm getting there. I'm, You're I'm, getting there. You're plugging away, my friend. I'm, season two is a good one. I but think like- I'm I'm 18 episodes in right now, so I'm I'm plugging away. My goal is by the end of the summer, I'm going to be caught up in everything, and then you'll get to fill me in on all the crap that you were talking about the whole time. Excellent. Sound good? Sounds great, man. Let's do a little bit of draft talk, though, and we are joined by Kyle Krabs from NDT Scouting. He is actually the founder of NDT Scouting. He's one of our favorite draft nicks to have on our show. And Kyle, it's been you know too long since we last talked, I think, but we really appreciate you uh, coming on, talking a little bit of uh, prospect talk with us. Yeah, you know, I'm always happy to join you guys anytime it does not involve sitting in the bleachers in Mobile in 35 degree weather. Oh goodness, those were dark moments. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a tough day right there, but you know we got through it. We're here today. The summer's here. It's warm. You were out on the golf course today, right? Oh uh, yes, yeah. Let's uh, let's just put it at that. I shot, I shot well, all things considered. But uh, it's it's always a great day for golf, just like it's always a great day to talk about football. Yeah, people always ask me, you know, if I've been to a course, they say, "Oh, do you know the course?" I say, "Yeah, I know the woods and the lakes. That's about it." So. <laughs> In any case, let's talk a little bit of football. It's something that I think you know a little bit more about. I think you're a little bit better at it uh, than golf probably than all of us. So let's talk a little bit first about uh, the 2016 NFL Draft. We've had now uh, you know, almost two months to digest it. We've gone through some mini camps. We've seen players uh, starting to... Uh, You know, obviously not in full pads yet, but starting to be able to integrate into their teams. And I'm curious, when you look back at what we saw out of this year's draft, just right off the top, were there any big themes that really stood out to you that were either unexpected or just different from prior years? Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily uh, a general theme, but, you know, uh, I would say a team that, that really stood out to me specifically for when you flesh out what they did in free agency and what they did in their draft class uh, that that I think is really changing the narrative about that franchise is what the Oakland Raiders were able to do. Um, so just to kind of give them a little bit of love, seeing all the athletic pieces that they brought in for their front seven and, and even adding a couple defensive backs, um, it's just really fun looking over that roster and seeing a lot of names that I really liked, including this year, and saying, okay, well, how are these pieces going to fit, and how long are we going to have to wait until we see some fruits of that labor? Because this is two or three years now where they've had really, really strong off-seasons. 
Yeah, Kyle, talking about the Raiders a bit, especially what they added up front. I mean, one guy that you just mentioned, Mobile, uh, we were all down there. Jihadi Ward was a guy that kind of turned heads down in Mobile. Now he's one of the guys that they added into that front seven. Do you think he'll be able to play a role for this Oakland defense? Well, I think if you look at how many athletic pieces they have now, um, I believe Shalik Calhoun's there now as well. A um, lot of really good pass rushers, and I'm not sure somebody who's as raw as he is is going to be able to step in right away. But oh my goodness, the upside of him yeah. was just astronomical. And watching him when he's able to get uh, with NFL coaches, and it was like you look at the film that he put on display, and then you look at what he looked like at senior bowl practices, specifically early on in the week before guys had kind of a, a chance to adjust to some of his strengths and weaknesses. And, I mean, he just he jumped off the field at you. So I don't know if necessarily he's a plug-and-play. I don't know if he's anything more than a rotational guy to start, specifically in the back half of the year. But um, great football player, and I can't wait to see – if he's able to take all the skills and tools that he has and put it together. Looking at Oakland and their place in the AFC West now, obviously you said it right here, it's a team that over the last couple of years has added a ton of talent both in terms of free agency as well as through the draft. And really this appears to be a team that should be able to contend for division titles for the next four to five years with a lot of the talent that they've added. Would you agree there? Yeah, I think um, obviously the question of, of chemistry of the established players that have been in the league that are now coming into that system, that's the big question mark. But if you look at them on paper, realistically, uh, they've made leaps and bounds from a defensive standpoint. You can only expect and hope that, that Carr and Cooper continue to develop chemistry and that they grow on offense. Um, and if they do, man... Uh, as much as we want to put Denver um, on a pedestal, and they certainly deserve it as the Super Bowl champions, uh, the longevity there, you, you got to start asking questions with having to pay Von Miller and the questions at quarterback, and now you got a rookie quarterback coming in. Um, and then Kansas City's always been competitive historically, but uh, it, it just seems like they've hit their ceiling. So I think there's much more upside. And I think there's more longevity than either of the other two teams that I mentioned. Kyle, looking at the wide receiver position, how it kind of shaked out during this draft process, were there any names that either went early in this draft or kind of fell a little bit that surprised you? Um, I was really surprised to see Corey Coleman be the first receiver off the board. Um, but, but I know I'm fairly low on him in comparison to a large majority of folks. Uh, was not really surprised to see that jostling around in the early 20s you know when you looked at the board and looked at the teams you know it made a lot of sense to say yeah this is probably where there's going to be some of these guys dropping off the board um was really surprised to see uh sterling shepherd stay on the board as long as he did though i thought looking at the receivers that were there and some of the receivers that went ahead of him whether it was will fuller um just nowhere near the polish or the ability to impact the game early that I think Sterling Shepard has. So I think uh, that would probably be my specific answer is, is there anybody that dropped or went later than they should have? And it's probably Shepard when you consider some of the guys that went before him. 
Is, is Shepard a guy that you think really has the ability and the skill set to make an impact day one in the NFL just because of the, the polish, the route running skills, and, and where he's able to fit also within that offense? Well, I think when you, whenever you have Odell Beckham on the other side, it's going to give you a lot of good favorable looks. Um, and we've seen when the Giants have had a couple dynamic, healthy receivers on the field at the same time that they're, they're able to do a lot of damage. So I think Shepard, because of the amount of polish that he has, even though he lacks some of the physical upside and elite athletic traits, it lends itself well to him being able to step in. And, and as long as he's mentally able to grasp the playbook, there should be no reason why he should not be uh, a factor early on in his career in the NFL. Kyle, you know I was going to bring up the quarterback position because, you know, that's all I really know. Um, I know a guy that you were high on that I kind of liked as well, Trevon Boykin. Didn't hear his name called, but now he's out in Seattle. Do you think that's a good landing spot for him? Do you think that he's got a chance really to not just stick with that roster but perhaps win the backup job this year? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think um, being in a place where you have an established quarterback, it's similar to uh, the year before when a, a quarterback I really liked went to Green Bay and Brett Hundley. Yeah. Um, it, just a really favorable slot when you consider the quote-unquote developmental quarterback that, that people seem to be phasing out and saying doesn't doesn't exist anymore and either you can play or you can't. And um, Realistically, it's, it's an investment. And when you look at the athletic skill set that he had, when you consider Trevon Boykin, you know, was playing wide receiver three years ago and shifted back to quarterback and made leaps and bounds of improvements. Um, certainly had some holes in his game, and the off-the-field question probably cost him getting his name called, but the scheme fit and the balance between what Russell Wilson does and some of the strengths that Boykin has, there's a lot of parallels, so I really love the fit. Kyle, in terms of looking at this draft just on a uh, positional basis, the, the, we've talked an awful lot the last several years uh, about the demise of running backs in terms of no longer being a position of value. And in this year, when you look at where running backs were taken, you know, obviously a ton of backs in the sixth, seventh round, but really, you know, you had Ezekiel Elliott, Derrick Henry, and then a couple in round three. Have we almost gotten to the point now where running back may actually have some some additional value there in rounds three and four just because guys or teams are waiting too long to take them now yeah i think that that myth um especially after this upcoming year is going to be put to bed um considering there are a lot of talented runners coming out this year there's a little bit of oversaturation which is why you saw some of those names as you mentioned kind of falling down the draft board a little bit but uh, guys are going to get really good quality starters in day three at the running back position. So uh, I can see both sides of the coin where the value is quote-unquote not there to take one early. But also at the same time, the, this oversaturation and this need for, for fresh legs is going to really pay dividends. And you feel like if you have somebody that can really contribute specifically to your scheme – Pull the trigger. You know, look at what Tennessee did with Derrick Henry. Um, obviously, the Dallas Cowboys uh, with Ezekiel Elliott is just a match made in heaven with his running style and the blocking style and the offense that they play. So when you factor everything together, 
uh, I really think the narrative on the outside is, has really kind of been overplayed as far as the value of the position, and it's a dying position to invest in the draft in the first day or two. Um, and I hope and expect to see that continue to change in the coming season. Kyle, was there a name? You mentioned Corey Coleman. You were surprised that he was the first wide receiver to come off the board. But were there any other picks in the first round that really left you scratching your head? Uh, another name that I mentioned with the, the Will Fuller selection, um, you know, you can you can get a vertical guy, you know, on day two. Yeah. And I, and I really feel like that was the role that he's been taken for in, in Houston. And I get that if he's your guy, pull the trigger. But, you know, I just from a from a talent evaluation or a prospect evaluation standpoint, not something that I see eye to eye with. So that was definitely the other name that really popped to me like, whoa, okay. Kyle, in, in terms of overall, if you had to look at this year's draft and and really talk about how teams were able to find good value across the board. We we talk often that uh, you know, teams tend to you know reach for certain positions too high. Quarterback, obviously, they tend to let other positions linger too long on the board. Are, are teams getting better at this as you watch over a period of a couple of years, or is this something where you still kind of have this scattershot approach where uh, you know there's just no consistent growth and no consistent improvement from year to year? Well, it's really interesting. One of the things that I've done. Uh, after each of the last three draft classes is I'll take my draft board, uh, which is not meant to be predictive. It's, it's as far as draft results. It's meant to be you know, a forecast on the player's likelihood of success in the NFL. Um, and I'll, I'll compare and contrast that and the difference between my slot on the board and where the teams are making the selection. So say, for example, I had Jared Goff 10th overall, which I did and he goes first overall to the Los Angeles Rams, uh, that is that is a plus nine. So that player went nine slots earlier in real life than what he did on my draft board. And it's really interesting to see some of the names that continue to show up near the top of the list as far as versus my board maximizing the value of their draft selections on a year-by-year basis. And, and uh, there are a couple of common names. Uh, Philadelphia has done it the last two years, uh, which might raise some eyebrows. But you know, between Nelson Aguilar and, and Carson Wentz, and they've had some late round picks, specifically Jalen Mills this year, uh, that I really, really liked, which really kind of helped to puff up their average per pick deviation off of my board. Uh, Chicago, Pittsburgh, Washington's done it the last two years. Baltimore did very well. The Dolphins have historically in the past three years drafted well um, they got killed this year for passing on miles jack in the second round but that's a whole different story uh, so not traditional names which is really interesting um, but i think if you look at some of the talent that they've brought in um, you should expect to see dividends start to pay off here for some of these teams uh, a team like pittsburgh and across the board had my per pick best average draft this year um, so, you know, there's, it's a mixed bag of teams that traditionally draft well and teams that you might not expect to draft well. So time will tell if they need to go back to the drawing board and if I need to go back to the drawing board or if I might be onto something as far as, you know, forecasting player success versus forecasting draft results. 
Very good. Well, that's all the time that we have for the day. We are going to call it uh, at this point, but the good news is that we are going to have Kyle back tomorrow. We're going to be talking, actually, about a project that he is working on for the fall, and it's his preseason senior outlook, talking about some of the key seniors that he's watching heading into uh, the fall season. It's going to be incredible to see uh, what he's able to put together there. Obviously, if you've read any of Kyle's work, you know that it is top quality stuff. Once again, it's Kyle Krabs from NDT Scouting. You can visit his website at ndtscouting.com. Chuck Zada and Mark Schofield, we are out for today, but we'll see you tomorrow on the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast. <laughs>